And now, here is Walter Bingham. Hello and welcome to the program with me, Walter Bingham, bringing you the stories that shape the Jewish world. It's December 19th, 2023, which we count in the Hebrew calendar as the 7th of Tevet 5784. I begin by pronouncing loud and clear that I fully support the slogan from the river to the sea. Hear why later in the show. Last Tuesday we lost another nine brave soldiers in house-to-house fighting. By mid-morning today, Tuesday, the number of soldiers killed since the ground operation began now stands at 131. That in addition to the 300 who fell on October the 7th. One source states the total at 460. Baruch Dayan Emet. As is usual in the IDF, commanders lead from the front, so that high-ranking officers are among the dead and wounded. It is, of course, difficult to comment from afar on that particular situation. But as a battle-scarred soldier from World War II and close observer of Israel's current war, a question about our tactics occurred to me. After all, our politicians and highest commanders are also only human. From video footage ascribed to that occasion, it is clear that our troops are operating in buildings and alleys that are often booby-trapped, while snipers in nearby houses are shooting at them. Even in situations like these, where soldiers have to make split-second decisions and the terrorists are also dressed in civilian clothes, the world expects us to avoid civilians. Those so-called civilians who chose not to follow the Israeli warnings to go south knowingly placed themselves into danger. What I suggest now may well ruffle the feathers of those who are advocating a ceasefire, but the aim of war is to win, as I shall now explain. The easiest and obvious way to overcome the dangers of booby traps and snipers is not to sacrifice the lives of our most precious fighters, but to flatten the buildings. We have the power and the means. I believe that it was unusual that hostages were kept in places that are used for firing positions that brought about that terrible mistake last Saturday that cost the life of three of our precious sons by friendly fire. Isn't it remarkable that all we see on CNN, Al Jazeera, BBC and even Sky is footage of children searching for food in the rubble and scarcely a frame about the cause for this war brought about by the terror of their own government. In an article on Israel National News, one of its contributors quotes a phrase he attributes to Rabbi Beryl Wine. If the Second World War would have been fought on CNN, neither Hitler 
nor Japan would have been defeated simply because the media would not have allowed it. Stop destroying Gaza, the media cries out. And now they even call for more fuel to be delivered to Gaza. But listen to this. The spokesman for the government, Elon Levy, disclosed that the terrorists of October the 7th brought with them jerry cans of fuel meant for civilian use with which they torched Jewish homes and burned our children. Are the demonstrators who are calling for ceasefire aware that the top Hamas leadership is enjoying the high life in Qatar's five-star hotels while they have initiated the destruction of Gaza? Why doesn't anybody ask to bring them to book? Is it not farcical that they are sheltered by the very country that is engaged in mediation? Does a mediator not have to be neutral? Qatar is known as financially supporting Hamas. Nobody talks about that. The West's continuous emphasis on civilians and to bring Israel before the courts for war crimes is a joke. It's don't do as I do, it's as I say. That's what the West expects of Israel. You are all too young to remember that throughout World War II, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill called for increased heavy air attack on the population centres of Germany. I repeat, against the population centres. So, Prime Minister Sunak of the UK, your lectures are inappropriate. And that also goes for the rest of the so-called United Nations, who are only united in their bias against Israel. During February 13th and 15th, 1945, more than 1,000 Allied bombers dropped in excess of 3,000 tons of bombs on the German city of Dresden including incendiary bombs, completely destroying Dresden and incendiarizing tens of thousands of people. It is thought that some 25 to 35,000 civilians died in Dresden in the air attacks, though some estimates are as high as 250,000, given the influx of undocumented refugees that had fled to Dresden from the Eastern Front. The estimates of the number of innocent civilians killed by the atomic bombs dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki vary. The most credible estimates are between around 110,000 to 210,000 mortalities. So leaders of the world don't lecture us. As I've said before, if you point a finger, three fingers point back at you. Just try it yourself. Israel's Prime Minister Netanyahu stated several times that we will continue to operate in Gaza until we have achieved our aim of eliminating every last terrorist from Gaza and free the hostages that are still hidden. We have now entered the 10th week of war to eliminate the Hamas terrorists from our land in Gaza which the then Israeli government, under the leadership of Prime Minister Ariel Sharon, voluntarily 
handed to the Arabs in 2005. Contrary to public opinion at the time, Sharon believed that his actions would satisfy the aspirations of Gaza's population and government and develop the Strip into a viable, well-run and prosperous country. It was even thought that Gaza could eventually emulate Singapore. The international community concurred and supported Gaza with millions of dollars worth of aid. Following the corruption of the Fatah government in Gaza, led by Mahmoud Abbas and the PLO, the Gaza population elected and supported Hamas in 2006 in the belief of having a better future. But ever since then, the Hamas leadership prepared for war. They have chosen to construct their defences by embedding themselves among the civilian population. That's why there are inevitably many non-combatant casualties. Whereas in Israel, the military defend the population, Hamas uses civilians to protect them. Hamas accusations that we are killing their children are misleading. Half the population of the Gaza Strip are children, so what do you expect? And secondly, their terms include teenagers up to the age of 18, nurtured from babyhood to hate and fight their arch-enemy, the Jews. They are the current and the future terrorists. No different from those in Tulkarem, Nablus or Ramallah under the leadership of Mahmoud Abbas. Today, once again, the American Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is in Israel together with a large high-powered U.S. delegation to discuss the day after. They are trying to force us, once Hamas is defeated, to install another terrorist regime, that of the pay-to-slay paymaster Mahmoud Abbas, to administer Gaza, which is entirely our business. I suggest that they would better serve the world if they would look at the Straits of Bab el-Mandeb and the actions of the Houthis, who, by their illegal attacks on shipping, affect world commerce. Ah, but have you guessed the Biden administration's ulterior motive? There is a presidential election coming up, and nobody cares about the Houthis, but Israel bashing gets votes. The investigations into the events of October 7th will occupy us for a very long time. Not only how it was allowed to happen, but also new and unforeseen consequences that have since arisen. For instance, in an attempt to identify missing Jews among the bodies of the terrorists and other infiltrators who participated in the Hamas massacre of October the 7th, an expansive operation has been launched in an IDF camp in southern Israel to identify the bodies of terrorists. More than a thousand bodies will be examined. According to the report, dental and DNA samples will be taken from each body to ensure that no mistakes were made during the first weeks of the war when the bodies of terrorists were collected from the Gaza envelope communities and were concentrated at a military camp without being examined. 
The operation will be conducted by the members of the IDF Rabinet and the Institute of Forensic Medicine. I can't tell you if any Jewish bodies have so far been discovered among the terrorists. An additional purpose for the operation is to get a full picture of the situation of who are hostages and who are missing persons, as there are currently several individuals whose whereabouts have been unknown since October the 7th. The international community still believes that a two-state solution will solve the Arab-Israeli conflict. Don't they realize that Oslo was a failure? And why don't the Spaniards apply this solution in Catalonia? Or the Canadians in Quebec? Or the Swiss in their dispute with Italy over Bolzano? Yet they are preaching to us. I remind them of the old saying, people in glass houses, etc. It's all very depressing, but if we all stick together, we shall smite the enemy. I believe that only music can give us an uplift that we so desperately need, so... While I remind you of the song made famous by Pete Seeger, We Shall Overcome, here is our own Lenny Solomon. Mishkin o 
Tel Aviv Mayor Huldai and his marketing and tourism organization deserve the strongest possible reprimand and a cut in any government funding they receive. While the country is at war, mourning our fallen soldiers and engaged in providing for the many evacuees from the north or our brothers and sisters who lost their homes and livelihoods in the south, Huldai and his gang are holding public celebrations and campaigning for increased tourism. They plagued the motto of the renowned organization March of the Living, Let There Be Light, for their inappropriate campaign. That is the height of hypocrisy. Shame on you, Mayor Huldai. It would have been more fitting if they had joined the rest of the country in mounting a campaign to donate to the several organizations that care for our soldiers. Our Minister of Defense, Joaf Galant, told the American counterpart that the war will need to go on for many months. That will take it throughout the cold of the winter. It would therefore have been more fitting if Tel Aviv, the financial center of Israel, had joined the rest of the country in mounting a campaign to donate to the several organizations that provide for the additional needs to make life for our soldiers more comfortable. Now, back to the slogan with which I began. From the river to the sea, Israel must have sovereignty. Psalm 83 describes how the historic enmity exhibited by the nations of the world against Israel stems from a motive far deeper than racial prejudice. It results from a hatred of what Israel represents, the absolute sovereignty of God, etc., etc. And I quote sentences from this psalm. Your foes are in uproar, and those who hate you have raised their head. Against our nation, they plot deviously. They said, come let us cut them off from nationhood, so Israel's name will not be remembered anymore. Unanimously they strike a covenant against you, the tents of Edom and Ishmaelites, Amalek, Philistia and the inhabitants of Tyre. Even Assyria joined with them. They became the strong arms of Lot's sons. Do to them as to Midian at Nachalkishon, who were destroyed at Endor. They became dung for the earth. O oh my God, make them like the whirling chaff, the stubble before the wind. Pursue them with your tempest and terrify them with your storm. Let them be terrified forever, then they will be disgraced and perish. Very fitting psalm, isn't it? Both Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Israel's President Isaac Herzog met with the President of the International Red Cross, Miyana Solcharik. Our President told her, I met this evening with the families of the hostages. I reiterated our firm demand for the immediate return of all hostages 
held captive in Gaza for 70 days by cruel Hamas terrorists without being allowed visitation by the Red Cross or the provision of life-saving drugs. The president of the Red Cross pledged that the swift return of the hostages is a top priority and she reviewed a series of actions and humanitarian steps they are taking to try and ease the suffering of the hostages and to see them returned to their families. In his meeting with the President of the Red Cross, Prime Minister Netanyahu also described to her the inhuman conditions in which Hamas is holding the hostages. Let us hope that there will be some results. Breaking news just in. Rabbis of the Eda Haredis conservative Haredi organization with anti-Zionist views published a strongly worded letter denouncing journalists who praise soldiers and who encourage IDF service for men and women. It is a disgrace that community leaders criticize the IDF who risk their lives and even die so that they can live in safety. Studying Torah is very important, but that alone will not keep the enemy from the door. I hope that this program gave you food for thought. You can also follow me on Instagram, where there are many videos about my life. I hope that my Jewish listeners will have had a joyful Hanukkah, but also reflected on the message of the festival. And for my listeners for whom Christmas is more than presents and parties, I wish that its deeper meaning gives you the strength to deal with the strains and stresses of our difficult time. To all others, enjoy the festivities, but also think of those who are not as fortunate as you are. So, until we meet again, this is Walter Bingham with another reminder that at times when... Traditionally, families get together. Some of the elderly who are alone can get particularly depressed. So please take time out from your parties and visit your elderly neighbor. Or better still, invite them to your table. Thank you. Goodbye.